She looked successful. Twenty-three years ago, he wore a beard, long hair, little round glasses. Now he was slightly balding in front. The jet black was flecked with gray, and he'd shaved the beard. Now he wore contacts, the extended wear kind. He wished he were wearing sunglasses to further hide his eyes from her. Would she recognize him at 21, America's greatest unknown writer? He had pretensions then. As for Carol Stein, she was to be the heiress to the mantle of Margot Fontaine. She would be the equal of Markova's gazelle, the sugar-plum fairy of the nutcracker. Talk about dreams that burn. Carol Stein's dreams were as hot and focused as nuclear fusion, like his. Put on this the added burden of addictive love, consuming passion, red-hot lust, and you get a flame too greedy to compete with other obsessions, like ballet, like literary achievement. Discipline demanded they end it, didn't it? It recalled a parting promise. They took solemn oaths to pick up the reins when they had made it. In two, three years, maybe five, bemedaled and enshrined, they swore reunion. The melodrama of it was beyond excess. From the beginning, it was all excess, magnified and multiplied. Sex was ritual and ceremony. Sex was holy. Their lovemaking had the fury of exorcism. Cab service was half an hour late, Elliot said, offering a smooth apology in an accent that resonated with upper-crust schooling. He was extraordinarily tall, with steel-blue eyes. His high forehead was crowned by dark, wavy hair and distinguished gray sideburns. He was older than Ken, perhaps by a decade. Big bone, big hands, large and hard, not fleshy. My husband, Ken, Maggie said as the men's hands joined, and this is Carol, Elliot said with a lilting air of pride and possession, as if he were showing off a prized greyhound. So nice to meet you at last, Carol said to Maggie. Carol was never a broad smiler with her mouth. It was her eyes that always danced to greeting, hazel eyes that often picked up any green with insight, as they did now. After acknowledging Maggie, the woman's eyes shifted toward him, and he braced himself. There was no question in his mind now. Here she was, Carol Stein. My husband, Ken, Maggie said. Pleased to meet you, Carol said. He took her hand, felt for signals. None came, although for him the touch had the impact of a lightning bolt. A stoli Gibson with three onions, Ken told the waiter. Elliot ordered a bottle of French red, fussing over the wine list with half glasses. Suit everyone, he asked. Carol nodded. Sounds great, Maggie said, but Ken isn't much for wine. Make mine a double, Ken called to the waiter as he moved away. Maggie cut him a glance of disapproval, then turned back to Elliot. Maggie, no question about it, was impressed with Elliot Butterfield. She was a software consultant, installing and creating computer programs for various clients on a freelance basis. Elliot Butterfield was her client. Whenever Maggie was impressed with a client, the invariable game plan was to drag Ken out to dinner as a first step to greater intimacy. Ken was rarely cooperative. The objective for Maggie was always to have couple friends, so far a fruitless endeavor. Ken was not a natural friend-maker, 
although he was forced by circumstances to allow a truncated form of friendship with some of his co-workers at the agency. Carol, in keeping with a genuine memory lapse, sincere non-recognition, or an obvious determination not to acknowledge her past, barely looked at Ken during the aperitif session. Maggie and Elliot carried the main dialogue. The Butterfields lived in an apartment on Fifth Avenue in the 70s facing the park, which usually meant old money and big bucks. Wasps, of course, never acknowledged such crass numerical facts. Maggie, on the other hand, always volunteered their own circumstances, which were hardly lavish but seemed so in the recounting. The fact was, they had been living above their means for years, and after deducting private school tuition for their daughters, their high co-op fees, designer clothes, and other necessities of the New York lifestyle, they were forever in debt. Maggie had told Ken what Elliot did. He researches, offers papers, is active in organizations that...